I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage Podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. We'll hope you join us. Welcome to episode number 31. Have you chosen your board of directors? Well, what is a board of directors? In a publicly traded company, the board of directors is elected by the shareholders, and ultimately, they're accountable to those shareholders. They supervise the activities of the organization. They select the CEO, they approve budgets, they establish direction. And those boards are made up of inside members or inside directors, which are like the CEO, the CFO, maybe an executive vice president or two, and outside directors. The outside directors only are affiliated with the company because they sit on the board. They're frequently from other industries, and their primary purpose is to bring outside experiences from other industries or from within that industry from a different perspective. And that board helps direct that corporation. And that's what a board of directors does from a publicly held standpoint. Now, if you're a small business, you're probably not publicly traded, and you're certainly not required to have a board of directors. So you probably haven't chosen a board of directors. However, I would submit to you that whether you chose to have a board of directors or not, you've got one. That board of directors may be your know-it-all brother-in-law that's never been in business, but he knows everything that you ought to do with your business, and every time you get together at Thanksgiving, he's telling you how you need to be successful. Maybe it's your spouse. And if it's a spouse, they probably alternate between, fine, it's your business, you do what you want, and I think I've mentioned this before because they hear your frustrations and your fears, but they don't necessarily know the financials, the problems, and what your plans are because they catch little snippets of information. They give you input that may or may not be on point to what it is that you're trying to do with a bigger, broader plan. Or maybe it's a friend from college who's known you since the days when, and like in my case in college, Jack Daniels had to put on a third shift. And they have a pretty good idea of how you were in college, and they may not know you in a business setting, but they have ideas about who you are and what your problems may be because, after all, you know you've always been this way. In a franchise setting, maybe your board of directors is people in the home office, or maybe it's other franchisees who have a different set of problems because they may be in a different part of the country, or they may market one way that's successful for them, but not necessarily successful for you. Or in the case of a franchise, a franchise that's got an idea of how you ought to do things in one part of the country because that's where they started and it doesn't work well in another part of the country. The bottom line here, there's a raft of people who are going to start sentences with either, well, you know what your problem is, or uh, here's what you need to do. They are going to choose to be your board of directors. They're going to influence your decisions and they're going to be in what they consider to be a helpful mode to help you do the things that you do better. And in most cases, those folks are working with limited information. If you're not sharing all of the information that you need to make decisions, then the solutions that they give you may be to problems that you were frustrated about a week ago, but is not a long-term problem. Or maybe they're responding to your fears, or maybe they're responding, to, well, they could be responding to a whole lot of things because they don't have a full picture. And one of the things that a board does, especially in a publicly held company, is they have board meetings. And in those board meetings, they go through all of the things that they need to discuss to determine the direction of the organization. 
Now, as a small business, your board of directors is probably not going to determine the direction of the organization in and of themselves, but they can be a very valuable part of what you do and how you do it by giving you insight, information, and ideas that you couldn't generate on your own. So here's an idea. Instead of accepting the default board of directors that you end up with because you've got brother-in-laws and spouses and friends from college and maybe some other franchisees, find a group of people, at least three, certainly no more than seven. And these are people that are successful in their own right, that you like, that you respect, and that you trust. And after you've put those people together and you ask them, hey, I'm putting together a board of directors and I would be very honored if you would help me by being on my board for my business, and then establish a charter. Here's the things that you expect from these folks. Here's the things that you want help with. Here's where you need guidance or you need ideas, or you need a little input to help you along the way. And that's probably best done in a formal situation, as opposed to just running into one of them on the street and getting ideas one at a time, actually hold a board meeting where you share all of the information necessary to give you good advice. And that's what I call FFNPP. That's your financials, your fears, your plans, and your problems. Now, the one of those that's probably the most difficult is the financials because you're going to open your books to the people on your board so that they can look at what your cost structure is, so that they can look at where you're being successful. Maybe look at where you're spending money that you shouldn't. Maybe look at where you should be spending money that you aren't. You need to be open about your fears. The things about your business that are bothering you, the things that keep you up at night, because they may have good answers for those things that are fears, or maybe they'll have the input to just tell you, no, you don't need to fear that. You need to fear this over here. Your board needs to know what your plans are. What is it that you're trying to accomplish? How do you intend to accomplish it? So they can help you refine your plans to be what's possible or what's effective or what's well they're on the board and that's what they're doing is bringing that outside information and then let them know what the problems are what are the problems that are facing you because they might be able to help you with solutions to problems that you aren't finding the answers to and especially if they're long-term problems then like any board you need to give them the information that you're going to discuss in this formal board meeting ahead of time give that information to them up front and set an agenda that says, hey, here are the things that I want to talk about. Give them the financials so that they have time to look over it. Put down what your fears are. Put down what the problems are. What are your plans for the next quarter? What are you trying to accomplish? And give them the opportunity to understand what it is that you want to discuss, as well as giving them the opportunity to give you feedback for what they think should be something that you want to discuss. So that when you get together for that board meeting, instead of that little idea that's dropped by your brother-in-law at the Thanksgiving dinner, they have an idea of what the discussion is going to be about and how they want to give you input and information about that particular agenda item. So they can add things to the agenda. They understand what the agenda is before you get to the meeting where you actually have a board meeting. Now, you're asking other business people or other friends to come together and give you information and help you out. So... It needs to be something that's formal, that you know what you're going to do ahead of time, and there has to be some kind of compensation. And I'm not saying that you have to pay these outside board members, you know, uh, X amount of money, but maybe you host them at your home and you sit around the dinner table with drinks and the paper and the agenda and talk through it. 
Or maybe it's a dinner where you go out and you pay for the dinner for everybody to come out and have a nice dinner and sit in a private room in a relatively decent restaurant and talk about the things on that agenda that you can work through the board meeting. The idea is that you set it up so that they understand their responsibility that they've signed up for by being on your board and that you have the responsibility to treat it like a board and in quotes, compensate them for their time. Because if you have a valuable board, they're going to spend time. If you have a valuable board, they're going to spend energy to help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Pick your board members so that their strengths are where your weaknesses are. If you're not particularly good about marketing, maybe find somebody who's really good at marketing. If you're not particularly good about financials, get your CPA involved. Look at your business. Look at the things, honestly, that you need help with and form that board that you've chosen to have the skill sets that you need to help you move forward. And pick folks from your community. Pick folks that you meet in the Chamber of Commerce, that you meet in networking groups, folks that you have some relationship with so that you have an opportunity not only to have them serve as your board member, but possibly serve as their board member. If you do it right, you have a group of people that are working together to grow everyone's business. There was a really interesting study done at Bell Labs back when Bell Labs was really the patent-generating machine that Bell Labs was in the late 60s, early 70s. What they found was that the people who were very successful had formed a ring of mutual support. These were people who helped each other out and gave each other ideas and research. What they would find is that these little groups of people who would get together and discuss what they were doing and how they were doing it, and they would bounce ideas off each other, and those became the superstars of Bell Labs. The same thing can happen for you if you pick the right board members and serve as each other's board members. So pick your pastor, pick your CPA, pick somebody that knows marketing, pick somebody from your community and have them on your board. Next, meet on a schedule, at least quarterly. Get together, have these discussions, walk through them, and use that group of people to leverage their knowledge, their experience, and your trust in them to help you grow and make your business healthier. Bounce ideas off of them. Ask them for guidance. Moral support is good. Accountability is better. If you've got a board that you say, hey, first quarter we have this meeting and here's my plans, then one of the things that you really need to do in the next board meeting is go back and look at those plans. And did you do the things that you said you would do? It's really handy to have accountability partners and accountability in a formal setting with a board will help you do the things that you need to do more effectively. The bottom line is you're going to end up with a board of directors. Wouldn't you rather choose the ones that are going to help you as opposed to the ones that are going to try to help you? I'm Woody Huffines. This is the Owner's Voyage Podcast, episode number 31. Have you chosen your board of directors?